بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله أرسل الله تعالى بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا ذاعيا إلى الله بإذنه وسراجا منيرا فما بعد فقال تعالى يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون وقال يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما وقال نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه واله وصحبه وسلم ان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدع وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار my respected brothers sisters and elders The topic of this Jum'ah and the next Jum'ah, inshallah, is the honor of the Ubudiyat, the honor of the slavehood of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalaluhu. To begin, let me make dua and ask you to make dua for Sheikh Muhammad Matawalli al-Sharawi, to whose inspiration I owe this topic and this khutbah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant him the best of the best in Jannat al-Firdaus. what i find most impressive and endearing and inspiring when i listen to his khutab rahimahullah taala is the love of allah subhanahu wa taala the pride of being abdullah and his relationship with allah subhanahu wa taala which is visible in every word and every action every word he speaks and every action that he makes with the word I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this kaifiyat, this situation, this uh, quality for myself and for all of you. I want to remind myself and you about the greatest honor that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestowed upon us and that is the honor of being his ibad, his slaves. Why is that an honor? It's an honor because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said about the best of all creation. His beloved messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Subhanalladhi yasra bi'abdihi laylam minal masjidil harami ilal masjidil aqsa. من المسجد الحرام إلى المسجد الأقصى الذي باركنا حوله لنريه من آياتنا إنه هو السميع البصير الله سبحانه وتعالى said the first ayat of surah al-Isra surah Bani Israel glorified and exalted be he Allah سبحانه وتعالى who took his abd abdihi his slave Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam for a journey by night from Al-Masjid Al-Haram in Makkah to Al-Masjid Al-Aqsa, the father's mosque, the neighborhood of which, the surroundings of which we have blessed. 
بارکنا حولہ ان آڈر دیٹ وی مائٹ شو ہم محمد صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم آور آیات لنوری ہو من آیاتنا ان ہو سمیع البصیر اینڈ ویریلی ہی جل جلال ہو از آل ہیئر اینڈ آل سیئر اللہ سبحانہ تعالیٰ جل جلال ہو ان دس آیت ایڈریسڈ رسول اللہ صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم ناٹ ایز از رسول بٹ ایز از عبد ناٹ ایز از میسنجر بٹ ایز از سلیف That is the highest of all honors that any human being can be given, which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave to his beloved messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and called him his abd. We are all the ibad of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whether we like it or not, whether we believe it or not, whether we accept it or not, every created thing is the abd of Allah. But for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to say about somebody, Abdi, he is my slave. This is the greatest of honors. And this is what he gave to Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu narrated that Rasulullah sallallahu said, Whoever performs wudu and does it well and then says, Ashadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluh. I bear witness. That there is none worthy of worship except Allah. And I bear witness that Muhammad is his slave and his messenger. Eight gates of Jannah will be opened for that person. And he may enter through whichever one he wishes. This is just the wudu. And saying, Ashadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluhu after the wudu. If we only realize the value of actions which we consider to be unimportant, it will completely change our lives. Let us thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, make shukar of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He gave us the guidance to recognize that we are His ibad, that we are His slaves, to appreciate that honor and to thank Him Jalla Jalaluhu for it and for keeping us in the ummah of his beloved messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa My brothers and sisters, the best indicator of any relationship is the attention that we give it. How focused are we when we are with that individual, with that person? Do other thoughts and feelings and so on distract us from the one that we are with? When we are with somebody we love, be it a child, parent, spouse, anyone, we are totally engaged. We look into their eyes, we listen to them, nothing can distract us. This is an indicator of the level of our love. Nothing can distract us, not even our phones. Our attention is a metric of the love that we proclaim to have for that person. But what happens when we are with Allah? When we, are with, when we are in Salah. I'm talking about myself. And I ask you to ask the same question to yourself. What happens to us? We all claim to love Allah, right? But what happens when we are in His presence? Jalla Jalla. Let me tell you a, a true story. In September 2002, a Tibetan monk, his name was Mingyur Rinpoche, flew 18 hours over three days to reach a brain imaging lab in Madison, Wisconsin. 
run by the neuroscientist Richie Davidson. He was taken to the EEG room to have his brain waves measured during meditation. Our meditation is called what? Salah. The resulting scans shocked everybody. The protocol was that Mingyur had to alternate between one minute of meditation on compassion and 30 seconds of neutral resting period. And he would have to do that in four times in rapid succession to ensure confidence in any effect measured. But the scientists had doubts about whether this will work. Davidson was, is himself, the neuroscientist of this lab who runs it, Richie Davidson is himself somebody who does meditation, so he knew that it takes time to settle the mind down and so on, much longer than a few minutes, and it's not like a switch turning off and on. And he thought, well, this is impossible. We are giving this man an impossible task. He, this can't be done. They hooked him up, and you must see that picture. It's crazy. It's like a spider web on his head. All the sensors. And everybody is watching the EEG monitor. Suddenly, when they told him to start meditation, there's a huge burst of electrical activity on the display. Now, everyone assumed that he probably pulled some wire or he did something, tugged the sensor. So this is, you know, a useless exercise. One minute finished. He went into that 30-second lot and they discovered that this huge electrical activity in the brain was for exactly 60 seconds. And then he went into 30 seconds resting period and everybody watched in silence. It was clear that the man didn't move. He was sitting there like a rock. And then the second 60-second period started and again a huge burst of energy. Huge electrical spike. And the pattern repeated every time he was instructed to meditate on, on compassion. The team knew that they were seeing something never seen before, never measured in a lab. But that was just the beginning. Mingyur was then run through a batch of tests with fMRI with the same protocol. During his 60 seconds meditation, Mingyur's brain activity for empathy rose to a level 800% greater than the rest period. Now they say that such an extreme rapid uh, uh, increase and such rapidity was baffling. The closest resemblance to this kind of brain activity would be an epileptic seizure. But those are brief. They are not maintained for one hour and obviously they don't come and go on, on, at will. The whole world of neuroscience was stunned. Experiment over, Mingyur went home to, to Nepal and vanished. A few years later, a few years earlier he had announced that he was going to start a meditation retreat. Now, this is not our usual three-day khuruj or something, right? This is not a 10-day, usual 10-day or one-week Western-style meditation spa. This is a minimum of three years in a remote hermitage high in the Himalayan mountains. During those three years, nobody heard a single word from him. Suddenly, in November 2015, now this is 2002-2015, after more than four years of no contact, Mingyur suddenly reappears at his, at his monastery. A few months later, he's back on a plane to the lab in Wisconsin. 
which scans from 2002, 2010, 2016, Davidson and his team discovered something remarkable about Mingyu's brain. That he is in the 99th percentile compared to brains of people of the same age. But Mingyu is not the only case. Davidson lined up over a dozen more advanced meditators for scans. For the next decade, 10 years, an engineer, Antoine Lutz, analyzed the data for Davidson, from Davidson's scans and one day he stumbled, stumbled upon a pattern hidden in the data. They found it in the baseline readings. What they discovered was that all these monks had the same pattern of elevated gamma oscillations before any test. A gamma is the fastest brain wave and occurs during moments when regions of the brain are all firing in harmony. Think of moments of complete insight. Totally, you are unfocused on what you are focusing on. But those are just, usually those are just clicks. Perfect flow state achieved for a maximum performance is a mere fraction of a second. But for these monks, these gamma moments of mental harmony are amplified and extended to incredible heights. On average, they showed a 25x greater amplitude of gamma oscillations during baseline than controls. In other words, this was a permanent state of higher functioning. A state of higher awareness and harmony that continues throughout their daily lives, not just during meditation. Now, interestingly, they discovered that these gamma oscillations, gamma patterns, even persisted when the monks were asleep. Now, the quotation continues, I will not, uh, it will be in the text so you can read it. Point I want to make is this. Why did, why did I tell you this story? It is to ask myself one question. If Davidson is, and his researchers come here and they want to measure my brain waves when I am in Salah, what are they going to find? And if I want to escape this potential intense embarrassment and humiliation, by pointing to some other alim or Sufi or Sheikh or Hafiz or Qari or Imam and say, go measure his brain waves. They will be superior to the brain waves of the Buddhist monk because in Salah, we stand in the presence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalalu. Who should I point at? Who should I name? Which Muslim do I know who can measure up? Even though Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned this specific metric, concentration, khushu, as a distinguishing feature of a mu'min, of a believer. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, الَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ خَاشِعُونَ They are those who in their salah, they are focused and they are humble and they are dedicated and they are concentrating on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. My brothers and sisters, talk is easy. <clears throat> I know we tell the story of Ali bin Abi Talib radiallahu anhu and the arrow that they extracted from his leg when he was in Salah. My question is, why do we need to go back 1400 years to find such a story? What is the good of a story that cannot be repeated? 
What to do with that? Entertainment value? The Buddhist monk is not telling them to go talk to Siddhartha Gautama. He says, talk to me. Be like me. Do what I do. What I do. You want to get into this higher state of, of, of uh, being? Come with me. Tell me, who in our history used to say this? Kunu Mithrana. Be like us. Once again, I must go into history to find them. That is our tragedy. That we have lost connection with our Rabb Jalla Jalla أقول قولي هذا استغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وسابه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا فما بعد فقال تعالى إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد how can we get this back how can we get back the connection with Allah? I think a question we have to ask before that to each of us. We must ask ourselves, do I want to have a connection with Allah? I know it sounds like a dumb question to ask Muslims, but this is a very important question. Because if I don't want to have the connection with Allah, what's the point in talking about how? And that's a question we have to go and look in the mirror into our own eyes and ask ourselves this question. Settle that once and for all in your heart. Do I want to be connected with Allah or not? Then we come to the question, how, could, how to do that? Right? So, the rest of what I'm going to say, don't worry about it until you ask yourself that question. Do I want to be connected with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Now, assuming that we do want to be connected with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala taught us manners. He said, وَإِذَا حُيِّتُمْ بِتَحِيَّةٍ فَحَيُّوا بِأَحْسَنَ مِنْهَا أَوْ رُدُّهَا إِنَّ اللَّهَ كَانَ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ حَسِيبًا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, when you are greeted with a greeting, greet in return with what is better than that. Or at least return it equally. Certainly Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ever a careful account taker of all things. When we greet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by saying Ashadu an la ilaha illallahu wahdahu la sharika lahu lahul mulku lahul hamd yuhi wa yumit wa huwa ala kulli shayin qadir wa ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluh When we greet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by having iman in him he returns the greeting by handing over to us the key to be close to him. It is in your hand. It is in my hand. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, فَذْكُرُونِ أَذْكُرْكُمْ وَشْكُرُونِ وَلَا تَكْفُرُونَ 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, therefore remember me by dhikr, by salah, by tilawatil Quran, by following Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's ahkam in all our lives, in our, all our orders in our lives, and I will remember you. Remember me and I will remember you. And be grateful to me and never be ungrateful. When we believe in him, the key to being close to him shifts over to us. He says, since you believe in me, here is the key. Take it. If you want me to remember you, remember me. If you want me to remember you, remember me. If you want me to help you, help me. Help my deen. You want Allah's help? Help Allah. We know Allah does not need help. Help Allah means help the deen of Allah. But we must take the first step. We must show our eagerness to connect with our Rabb Jalla Jalla His response is assured. There's no doubt about that. But we need to show that. And that's why he said, Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu in tansurullaha yansurkum wa yuthabbit aqdamakum. Oh, you believe if you help in the cause of Allah, he will help you and make your feet firm. My brothers and sisters, let us learn to talk to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's no formality involved. There, is no, there are no barriers. Allah, did, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not set any barriers. And for that, tahajjud is the special time to talk to him, Jalla Jalaluhu. We know the hadith of Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu, muttafaqun alayhi, agreed upon in Bukhari and Muslim, where Rasulullah sallallahu is reported to have said, Our Rabb Jalla Jalaluhu descends to the lowest heaven in the last third of every night. And saying, who is calling upon me that I may answer him? Who is asking from me that I may give him? Who is seeking my forgiveness that I may forgive him? Hmm? That's why I say if you really want something in life and you are not praying tahajjud, then you don't really want it. That's a lie. Whatever it is. If you really want something, that is the time. Because Allah is saying, you want something, ask me, I will give you. And I am fast asleep. Then what does it mean? It means I don't really want it. My brothers and sisters, time is short. Life is short. We don't know when it ends. One day we are fine, next day we are history. Don't let, don't let us waste this time. Don't let this time pass without benefiting from it. Get your families involved in it. So that all of us can benefit from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's special mercy. Get the benefit of Rasulullah sallallahu dua. Hmm? Do you want the dua of Muhammad sallallahu I'll tell you how to get it. Abu Hurairah who reported, Rasulullah sallallahu said, he's making dua now. May Allah have mercy upon a man who wakes up for tahajjud at night and prays and awakens his wife. And if she refuses, he sprinkles water on her face. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy upon a woman who wakes up at night and prays and awakens her husband. And if he refuses, she sprinkles water on her face. This is the dua of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa for the people who wake up in the hajj. You want the dua, take it. 
He already made the dua. And he made the dua for you if you wake up in tahajjud. And this is the hadith in Ibn Majah. Finally, the sign of special closeness with somebody is the secrets that you share with them. Things that only that person knows. Things that only that person knows about you and nobody else. And you trust that person with knowledge about you that you do not disclose to anyone else. Disclosure makes us vulnerable. So it's not wise to disclose confidential information to somebody you cannot trust. Who is the one that we can trust totally and completely without any reservation? Because he knows it already. Whatever I want to tell him, he knows it already. And he is the only one who can change it for me if I want it to be changed. Nobody else. I can tell my story to anyone. Alhamdulillah, I've got plenty of good friends here. I can tell my story to them. They will keep it confidential also. I know that also. Alhamdulillah. But can they change it? They can't change anything. They cannot change anything. But if I talk to Allah, Hassan Basri Rahmatullah was walking down the street. He overheard a conversation. One man was complaining about his situation to another man. Hassan Basri stopped Rahmatullah and he said, how strange that you are complaining about our Rahman to the one who has no Rahman. Huh? You are complaining about our Rahman to a human being who has no Rahman. What is the point? He is Allah. So ask yourself, like the poet asked, the poet said, do you have a secret with Allah? Just between you and Allah, nobody else is involved. Do you have some hidden charity, some good stuff that you did that nobody knows? No one knows except Allah. I advise myself and you, let us create such assets. Don't post it on Facebook. Don't tell your friends. Don't put it on Instagram. No. Do something good only for Allah. In secret. Don't tell anybody about it. And when you need Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's help, I mean when you seriously need the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in dire emergencies, I hope we never, none of them have that. But if it happens, then call upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with those deeds. That is your wasila to get close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And as we know from the story of the three who were trapped in the cave and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala freed them because of the hidden deeds that they did only for him. Let us build our asset pool with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the real wealth which appreciates like nothing material can ever hope to do. This is the wealth that will go with us when we leave this world. Let us pledge our allegiance to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalla and renew our pledge 
to be his true faithful ibad his true and faithful slaves who can look for his mercy on the day when we meet him inshallah i request you to make dua for three people one is our son and our brother hudayfa abasi who continues to need your dua may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant him shifa kamil aw ajil and bring him back here without any any evidence of anything completely whole and strong inshallah the second dua i want you to make i request you to make is for sheikh wisam's cousin in lebanon who is having a liver transplant his aunt just told me about it we make dua that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants him shifa kamil aw ajil and completely whatever he is ailing with take it away and bring him back home safe and sound and the third dua is for a man who is my oldest friend on the face of this earth because he was my friend from the time i was 3 years old and his name is jani he is in in hyderabad and as i i told you we don't know when things are going to happen two days ago i had this feeling i need to talk to him so i didn't have his number i called his son in oman and i got the number i spoke to him two days ago and yesterday his son called me and says my father had a massive heart attack he is in the icu so please make dua that allah subhanahu wa taala cures him completely and keeps him safe and brings him back home rabbana faghfir lana dhunubana wa kaffir anna sayyi'atina wa tawaffana ma la barar rabbana zalamna anfusana wa lam taghfir lana wa tarhamna lanakunanna minal khasirin la ilaha illa anta subhanaka inna kunna minaz zalimin rabbi ighfir wa arham wa anta khairur rahimin يا حي الذي لا يموت يا حي يا قيوم برحمتك نستغيث اصلح لنا شاننا كل لا اله الا انت امين يا رب العالمين يا عباد الله رحمكم الله ان الله يأمر بالعدل والاحسان وايتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعيذكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله يذكركم عذو يستجيب لكم ولا ذكر الله اكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون اقيموا الصلاه